in the Word of God this morning to Matthew chapter number 28. We're going to do something over the next three services. We, we don't do this often, but this is the second time we've done it in really the past uh, about three, four weeks, I guess. And uh, we're going to take one message and we're going to break it up into three services. And we'll see part one this morning. We'll see part two tonight and then we'll see part three Wednesday night. And all of these are kind of self-contained, but they all work together. So uh, if you're not able to make it back tonight or Wednesday night, you still get everything that... Uh, that uh, all the truth in this first thought this morning. Uh, but we're going to look at the matter of missions for the next three services and uh, turn our hearts. I hope we've already turned and tuned our hearts toward the missions conference. And really, I pray that our hearts are tuned in that direction uh, constantly. But I'm going to bring us to a familiar passage, Matthew chapter number 28, and we'll read three verses here. And then we'll be in a couple of other passages tonight, Lord willing, uh, we will be in 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9, and then Wednesday night we'll be in Acts chapter number 13. So we'll be in different passages, but we'll begin here this morning, Matthew 28, and we've had plenty of time to find our place, so if you can, if you're physically able, if you'll stand with me for the reading of God's Word. All right. Very quietly and orderly, our children, Miss Susan Graham, will be over here at the door, and our children can meet her there. All the children for Junior Church and Toddler Church, you are dismissed, and you can go now. Matthew 28, let's read these three verses if we could. The Bible says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And so, for the next three services, I'd like for us to speak to this subject, all power, all nations, all things. All power, all nations, all things. Father, help us today and teach us. Father, as a church, as a people, may you turn our hearts. And as Miss Beverly even saying, Lord, may you keep our focus on that which is important. And that is upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And specifically, that is on the great commission that he left us with. And so, Lord, I pray that you would remind us of that today. And Lord, I do want to lift up this morning and ask, and I want to pray, and Lord, uh, I want to seek your face this morning. If there would be one here today, a man, a woman, a boy, a girl, a teenager, who has never come to the saving knowledge of Christ. Father, that, that's what the Great Commission is all about. Father, I pray that today might be that day, that they would see themselves for who they are, a sinner separated from a holy God, in need of a Savior who can reconcile them to God. And I pray that today they would call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. Father, help us in these next few moments. We commit them to you. We ask that you'd help the children, help Mrs. Graham today as she teaches. Lord, just use her to be a, a, an instrument in your hand today to teach these children and to place the Word of God into their hearts one more time. Father, we love you. Help us today and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. 
I mentioned it in the announcements, but Missions Conference is probably my favorite ministry week of the year. And for many reasons, uh, it's to be able to get to uh, meet new missionaries and be able to see old missionaries or not old missionaries, but uh, missionaries that we know well, that they are our missionaries. We'll be able to do that next week. Uh, Lord willing, the Starks will be here. They're one of our missionaries and the Praters will be here. Uh, Brother Ethan and Miss Brittany and their six boys will be here. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that. And so they are our missionaries, and then we get to meet two new missionaries with the Cooks and the McPikes, and just the fellowship, being able to see, being able to allow our sight to affect our heart, as the book of Lamentation says, get to see the, the ministry and the field that God has called these individuals to, uh, but also just to be a part, just to be able to give. We'll, we'll be taking love offerings each night, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and everything that comes in will we'll offset what we give to them. Uh, Lord willing, Wednesday night, we'll, we'll set that amount, what we're going to give to them. And then what we give Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we'll offset that. Uh, if it's more than that, of course, we'll, we'll give it to them if it's more than what we decide upon. But we get to have a part in it, and we'll speak about that even tonight. But it's just a good week to be able to fix our attention, maybe if we've allowed it to get... Um, a little askewed or off track, it's a good week to fix our attention upon that which is absolutely important. Here's the truth this morning. Everything we do here, everything, is because of Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Everything. You say, well, Pastor, how does the choir singing have anything to do with Matthew 28, 18 through 20? Because it's part of ministry. It's because it's part of fixing our attention upon the one who the Great Commission is all about. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. Wednesday night, Master Club. It's all about the Great Commission. It's about seeing young people saved, seeing them grow and learn and have the Word of God placed into them, being discipled, knowing what they ought to do, what they ought not do. That's what Wednesday night's all about. It's not, by, by the way, that's, that's why we tell our teachers all the time, it's not an hour and a half babysitting time. It's not. Uh, what, what we seek to do with uh, the kids, with hide and seek, it's part of the Great Commission. It's part of discipleship. It's part of teaching them the Word of God. It's part of them placing the Word of God in their hearts. And by the way, parents, it's also an opportunity to help you during the week to have a verse to be able to teach your child. So that when they walk in here on Sunday, they're ready to say it. Because you've worked with them and you've had the opportunity all week to have a, a specific verse to help them with so that when they walk in here, they're ready and they know it. Everything we do as a church, everything we do as Christians, individually. By the way, everything in you, that you do in your home ought to be geared toward the Great Commission. We put a lot of focus on the church, and we should. The church is important. Brother Caleb spoke about it in Sunday school this morning, Hebrews chapter number 10. Uh, the, the church is absolutely important. But can I submit to us this morning that the church will never be any stronger than our homes are. 
That's why it's vital that your home is right. That's why it's vital that your home is strong. That's why it's vital that you're living out the Christian life at home, in front of your children and in front of your spouse and with your spouse. Because we can walk in here on Sunday and we can put a smile on and and we can do church. By the way, that's important. I'm not negating that at all this morning. A lot of people negate that today. I'm not. My point is, let that be the case all week long. Not just on Sunday morning. Because everything we do is about the Great Commission. All power. Notice here in these three verses. By the way, notice the context here. In the beginning of Matthew 28, we have the resurrection of Christ. Verse number 6, we have that that great verse, He is not here. Why? For He is risen. He is risen as He said. He said He was going to rise again. He's not here. That's what makes what we believe totally different than what everybody else believes. Because so many others believe... In, in a religion or in a man or in a prophet who today, his bones, his dust is in a grave. But Jesus Christ, his, He's not. He's risen. We serve a living Savior. And so the context, we have the resurrection. Notice verse number 7. Christ says, or He says, and go quickly. It's not Christ in verse number 7. It's the angel. He says, go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. So he says, look, go tell his disciples. He's coming to Galilee. That They need to meet him there. And then look down, if you would, in verse number 16. Now, in the middle there, you have the, the, the government and the authorities and the chief priests doing what they do. They hear about Christ resurrecting and they make up this story about how it happened. But then in verse number 16, the Bible says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee. They, They did what the angel had encouraged them to do. They went into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw Him, What did they do? They worshipped Him. They worshipped Him. That's what the Great Commission is all about. It's about worshipping the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about allowing the Lord Jesus Christ to have preeminence in everything we do. It says they worshipped Him. Now notice what it says. It says, but some did what? Some doubted. There was still some doubt there. There was still some trepidation there. But the Bible says they came and worshipped, but, and some doubted. And then, verse number 18, maybe in response to the doubt, Jesus begins to speak, and He says, All power. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And because of that power, what does He say? He says, Go. Go ye, what's the word there? Therefore. What's the therefore relating to? The power. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Hey, don't don't doubt. 
Yes, worship me. Don't doubt. All power is given unto me. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. I, I have risen again. I have taken sin, death, and the grave captive. All power is given unto me. And because of that, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. So in verse 18, you have all power. In verse 19, you have all nations. That's why the missions conference is important. I remember, this has probably been about six or seven years ago, I ran into a pastor. He, he's, a, he's a pastor in the area, and he's a good friend. I'm, I'm not trying to make a derogatory statement. But, but I ran into him, and he asked me, he said, Hey, y'all having any meetings anytime soon? You having any special meetings? I said, I said, yeah, in about a month we're having our missions conference. You know what he did? He laughed. And he's like, and this is what he said. He said, oh, I, I was talking about real meetings. And it really, it took me aback. I was like, okay. And I, I just, I was dumbfounded. And I, I did, I, a lot of questions came into mind after I walked away. But I'm thinking, y'all don't support missionaries? Now, I don't know if they do or not. I didn't ask him. But like, a real meeting? That's what a missions conference is about. It's about all nations. You see, God has given us a mission field right here. It's called West Tennessee. It's called Brownsville. It's called Ripley. It's called Gates. It's called Toulon. Uh, it's called Forkadeer. It's called Woodville. It's called Atoka and Brighton. It's called Dyersburg. It's called Jackson. I am so thankful. Um, all of the fingerprints in West Tennessee that our church has, or all the places that our church has its fingerprints on. It's our mission field. But as I said earlier, there may be some in here even this morning. There may be some next week during the conference that the Holy Spirit stirs in your heart through the preaching of the Scriptures and through the stirring of the Holy Spirit to put something inside of a young person or even an adult for that matter to say, yes, this is your mission field right now. But I have another place I want you to go. That's the all nations. He says all power in verse 18. He says all nations in verse 19. And then he says in verse number 20, and I think sometimes we kind of, we kind of skew over this a little bit. But in verse 20 he says, teaching them to observe all things. Yes, we want them to be saved, but then after they're saved we want to teach them all things. There's some people who say, well, I, 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 don't, I don't care if they know anything as long as they get saved. Okay, I want them to get saved. But I don't want to leave them like that. Do you? By the way, missionaries, when they, they go to the field, they don't want people just to get saved. They want them to get saved and then they want to baptize them. And they want them to be added to the church. and Then they want to teach them all things. All power. All nations. All things. And the Great Commission will not be fulfilled unless all three of those are fulfilled. We go in all power and we go to all nations. Our church doesn't support a missionary in every nation. It would be a wonderful reality if one day somewhere down the road we have a missionary in every nation. And I, I think it could happen. All power, 
all nations, teaching all things. So how is that accomplished? And that's what we want to see over these next three services. How is that achieved? How, is, how are the all parts? How are they achieved? And so for the next three services, I want to see that. All power, all nations, all things. And today, we're going to see the first truth, the first thought. And I want to give you this. Number one, there is a mandate which must be obeyed. There is a mandate which must be obeyed. Tonight, we're going to look at number two, there is money that must be offered. And then Wednesday night, we'll see there are men who must be ordained. People who have to go. Who have to heed the calling of God. Who have to heed the stirring as, as Paul received the Macedonian call. They, they heed the stirring of God in their hearts. This morning we're going to fix our attention on this thought. There is a mandate that must be obeyed. Let me ask you, what is the mandate? One word. Go. There is a mandate that must be obeyed. Now again, that doesn't mean you have to go to a foreign field. It doesn't mean that you have to go to Africa or Russia. That, that doesn't, that's not what it means. Now it may be for you. But for all of us, it means that we have to go. It means that every day in everything we're doing, we are living in such a way to exemplify the Great Commission and more specifically exemplify the Lord Jesus Christ. He says in verse number 19, Because I have all power, go. go ye. Now again, who's he speaking to specifically? He's speaking to these 11 disciples. He is speaking to them specifically. But the application is for every generation, is for every Christian, is for every church, in every generation, in every time. There is a mandate that must be obeyed. Hudson Taylor said the Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. And so every day we, we are thinking, we are allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts and we're sensitive to the needs of others. It, whether it's Saturday at 10, a corporate time where we come together as a church, or whether it's Monday in Walmart, or whether it's Tuesday in the grocery store, or whether it's Wednesday at my place of work, my place of business, I have a mandate that must be obeyed. Why? Because there are people in all of those locations who need salvation. At my workplace, at Walmart, at the grocery store, at the mall, maybe even in my home. By the way, mom and dad, that's why it's important how you live because you have little eyes in your home and they need to be saved. And they need to see someone living out the Great Commission every single day. They need to see someone living out the fact that their mom and dad serve a God who has all power. They, they need to see a mom and dad who understand that, that the Lord Jesus Christ died for all nations. He died for the sins of all the world, the Bible says in 1 John. Not just for some, but the Bible says He is the propitiation, not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. They need a mom and dad who are teaching them all things. There's a mandate that must be obeyed. Let me, let me give you several words here if I could. Regarding this truth this morning, there is a mandate that must be obeyed. As Christians, we have to go. Now, if you're here this morning and you don't know if you're a Christian or not, listen, your, your first priority is to first and foremost know that you're saved. To know that you're a child of God. The Bible tells us that we're all sinners. 
Romans chapter 3, verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God's measuring stick is what? It's perfection. And none of us ever meet that, do we? But there is one man who did meet it. The God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that, he went to the cross of Calvary. As we saw there in Matthew chapter 20, the first part, he went to the cross of Calvary. He died, he shed his blood. It's that blood, that perfect, pure blood that washes away our sins. He was buried. Three days later, he rose again, victorious over sin, death, and the grave. And the Bible says if a man, woman, boy, girl, teenager, anyone who's ever lived, will simply put their faith and trust completely in the finished work of Christ, in the blood of Christ, and what He did, they'll have salvation. Not in what we do, not because we're a good person, not because uh, my, my granddaddy was a preacher, not because my granddaddy was a good man. No, 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 but because we have placed our faith and trust in Christ. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, if you've never done that, you can do that today. And you can be saved today. But after a person is saved, the Bible says that God saved us for a purpose. He saved us for many different reasons. He saved us to be good husbands and good wives. He saved us to have a good marriage. He saved us to be good church members. But He saved us also to go. Number one, there's a mandate that must be obeyed. Number one this morning, I want us to see the person for whom we go. Why do we do what we do? The person for whom we go, and that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles if you would. I'm not going to make you turn to a lot of different places or ask you to turn to a lot of different places this morning, but I would ask you to turn to a few. Let's take our Bibles and turn to John chapter number 20, if we could. John chapter number 20, and we'll begin reading in verse number 19. The person for whom we go. Who do we go for? We go for the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do we live? We ought to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because He's done everything for us, because He deserves everything. I should not live for myself. Now, sometimes I do, but I shouldn't. Why? Because there's one who the Bible says is preeminent, Colossians 1.18, that in all things He might have the preeminence. There's one who deserves the preeminence. There's one who deserves my life. There's one who deserves for me to go for Him. The Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter number 1 that he is a debtor to the gospel because of his salvation and because of what Christ did for him and because what he had been given. He says, look, I am a debtor. I, 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 must, I must give this to others because someone gave it to me. I am a debtor to preach the gospel. John chapter number 20, the person for whom we go. Who do we go for? We go for the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter number 20, verse number 19 is where we begin. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. So see, here's another, here's a... a an encounter with the risen Savior. And notice verse number 21. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. Don't you imagine they're filled with a little turmoil right now? The one who they had walked with for three and a half years has been crucified. And there's all kinds of stories about what has happened. And some are saying He's risen again. He says, Peace. Isn't that what Christ desires to give us, peace? Boy, the world, the flesh of the devil, it's just turmoil, it's just struggle, it's just trials all the time. But Christ desires to give us peace. And He says, peace be unto you. Notice this, as my Father hath sent me, 
Even so, send, what's the next word? I. And then what's the next word? You. Even so, send I you. Christ said, I am sending you to go forth and to be a witness and a testimony for me. And take your Bibles a little bit further and go with me to 2 Corinthians, if you would. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. The person for whom we go. We go for the Lord Jesus Christ. We spoke Sunday, or excuse me, Wednesday night in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, it speaks about the, the preaching of the cross of Christ. Paul says, uh, he said, I, I, I didn't come to baptize. He said, I came to preach the gospel, not with wisdom, excuse me, wisdom of the words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. And we spoke Wednesday night about the blessing of the cross of Christ. And we, we used a phrase, we spoke about the beauty of the cross of Christ. You know what? Many times in our daily lives, even as Christians, I believe we forget about the beauty of the cross of Christ. But pastor, there's no beauty there. It's blood. It's where the blood was shed. That's where our Savior died. How is that beautiful? Because of that. Because holy God stood in the middle for sinful man and took my sin upon His body on the cross of Calvary and He shed His precious blood and we forget about the beauty of the cross. Listen, how is it sometimes we can say things we ought not say? How is it sometimes we can watch things we ought not watch or listen to things we ought not listen to or react and respond to people? React is the better word. React to people in ways we ought not react. How is it that we can do that? It's because we forget about the beauty of the cross. And we forget about what He has done for us. How can we argue and fight sometimes? And I say fight, I'm not talking about us as a people fighting because I, we don't. But, but how can we argue sometimes with people about, well, I, you, you know, I'm, I'm a free in Christ. I don't have to do that and I don't have to do that and I don't have to follow the law in the, anymore. I'm under grace. It's because we don't understand the beauty of the cross. We, under, we don't understand the holiness that gave Himself that day. And that He died to save us to be a different kind of people. A few of these men in here this morning, they went to the couples retreat. But listen, as a, as a child of God, as a person who's been saved, I ought to be a different husband. Let me say it this way, a different kind of husband than a man who's not saved. Ladies, if you're saved in here this morning and you're a child of God, you ought to be a different kind of wife than ladies who aren't saved. Hey, teenagers, you ought to be a different kind of teenager because of the beauty of the cross. It's the person for whom we go. If I came around and asked many of you men this morning, why do you get up every morning and go to work? Many of you would say, I go for my wife and I go for my kids because I want to take care of them. Well, why do we go? It's for Christ. It's because He loved us first. We love our family, so we go and we go and we do and we do and we provide. Well, listen, He loved us first. 
And because of that, the Apostle Paul, and by the way, we'll read it right here. You're in 2 Corinthians 5. The Apostle Paul, he says, the love of Christ does what? We say it all the time. It constraineth me. Verse 14 of 2 Corinthians 5, he says, For the love of Christ constraineth us. It, it, it holds us tight. It binds us. Not in a bad way. It constrains us to, to live for Him and Him only. It constrains us to do that which is right. For the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead, right? If He died for all, what does that mean? It means we were all dead, right? It means we're all sinners. That means we all needed someone else to die for us. And that He died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto Him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we Him no more. Therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a what? He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, not putting it on their account, not leaving it on their account. He put His righteousness on their account and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Notice verse 20. Now then we are what? We're ambassadors for Christ. The person for whom we go. It's Jesus Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For He hath made Him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Did you catch that? For He hath made Him, speaking of Jesus Christ, to be sin for us, who knew no sin. That's the beauty of the cross who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. The person for whom we go, it's Jesus Christ. That's the person for whom we go. And everything we do on a daily basis, if Christ has saved you, it ought listen, when, when, when the devil comes and tempts and, and tries to get you to do something or watch something or listen to something or say something, you know what you ought to think about? The beauty of the cross. Jesus Christ died for me. And because He died for me, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't live like that. I shouldn't act like that because He deserves better. When a president sends an ambassador to another country, he expects him to represent well. He expects him to represent the United States. Now, you know, who knows what that means these days, right? A lot of countries hate us for that now. Because they're against a lot of stuff we're for today. I mean, Muslim countries hate us, but you know why they hate us? Well, because of who they are, that's part of it. But you know why they hate us? Because we're so wicked. Now they are too. But they don't think they are. And, and they hate all of the debauchery of the West. Hollywood. New Orleans. They hate that. 
Because in their religion, there's a certain way they're supposed to live, and they hate debauchery. Now, many of them are hypocritical just like many Christians are. They say they believe that, but they really don't. But they hate us because of that. And so who knows what ambassadors are sent to represent anymore. But it used to be an ambassador of the United States of America was sent there to represent well the United States of America. And if he or she did not represent well, they brought him home. Right? Brought him home. You ever wonder why some Christians die early sometimes? Maybe God's saying, you know what, let me just bring you home. You're not representing me well. You're harming the cause of Christ. Just, I'm just going to bring you home. They're saved. I'm just going to bring you home. Number one, there's a person for whom we go. Number two, there is a power in which we go. Matthew chapter 28. Let me just give you these real quickly. The person for whom we go is the Lord Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles and go to Acts chapter 1. Would you go there real quickly? Acts chapter 1. The person for whom we go, the power in which we go. We go in the power of the Savior, Matthew 28, 18. We go in the power of the Spirit, Acts 1, 8. We're going to read it here in a moment. And we go in the power of the Scriptures, Romans 1, 16. Uh, the Apostle Paul, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is what? It's the power of God. It's the power of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, we saw this last, I believe it was last Sunday night, maybe. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And verse 17 says what? That the man of God may be what? Perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Listen, we go in the power of the Savior, we go in the power of the, the Spirit, and we go in the power of the Scriptures. We don't have to be afraid when we go. Hey, yesterday, uh, Brother Colt and I were out on visitation. I didn't tell him this. We walked up to a house, and there were no trespassing signs all around. The house looked like it was getting ready to fall in. And we were getting ready to walk up to the house. I was getting ready to walk up and, and knock on the door. And I'm going to tell you what, I had the, and you may think this is weird, I had the weirdest feeling come over me. And I was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> I don't have any idea what's behind that door. Now, the wonderful thing is, what came to the door was a man holding a hamburger. <laughs> and we left there and Colton was like, man, I feel like going to Sonic now. Okay, so, so it was all good, but we, we're about, I'm about 10 steps away from the house and I get, you know, I believe, that, I believe that's the Holy Spirit. I believe that's the Holy Spirit said, hey, be careful, be cautious, but you have power. And no matter what comes out of that door, it's okay. And so we knocked on the door and everything was fine. He didn't offer us a hamburger, but he was eating a hamburger. You know, we have power. Notice what the Bible says here in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. The Bible says, but ye shall receive power. Here's Christ speaking to the disciples. He's getting ready to ascend back to heaven. And he says, but ye shall receive power. That, that's, there's no ambiguity there. Ye shall yeah, pastor, but he's speaking to the disciples. Listen, yes, but, but that's true. The application is true for every Christian, for every generation, for every time. He says, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Do you have the Holy Ghost this morning? If you've been saved, you do. Do you have the witness of the Holy Spirit? Does the, witness, does the Holy Spirit bear witness with your spirit? The Bible says He will in the book of, in Romans. I believe it's Romans uh, chapter 8. The Bible says that 
the Spirit will bear witness with my spirit. And he said, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be what? Witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. By the way, that's all nations. Right here in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. How is all power, all nations, all things fulfilled? First of all, when we fulfilled the mandate or when we obey the mandate, there's a mandate that must be obeyed. What's the mandate? Go. The person for whom we go, it's Jesus Christ. The power in which we go. It's the power of the Savior, the Spirit, and the Scriptures. By the way, whether it's, whether it's Saturday when we go out and knock on doors, or whether it's Monday when you talk to someone, the power that we go in is not in our own power. It's not in the power of our arguments. It's in the power of the Savior and the Spirit and the Scriptures. That's why we don't send missionaries and we don't support missionaries to go to other countries that are just going to hand out bottles of water. Now, if they use that as a tool, great. But if that's all they do, that's wrong. Right? It's wrong. They're going there to give the gospel. They're going, the Great Commission, nowhere in Matthew 20. Oh, there you go, Pastor. You're against people who give out water bottles. No, but I am against people who that's all they do. And they take church's money to do it. Use your own money if that's all you're going to do. If that's all you're going to do is give out bottles of water, then use your own money. Don't waste God's money. But if you're going to give out bottles of water, and if you're going to give out medical aid, and if you're going to be a medical missionary and go help someone with their, with their teeth or help someone with some other part of the body... Wonderful if you're given the gospel as well. Because nothing will ever change. We've said it and we've said it and we'll say it again. If that's all we do, we're just making this place, we're just making earth a better place from which to go to hell. That's all we're doing. We're just making their life better here, but one day they're going to end up and die and go to hell. And the Great Commission nowhere... says that it's only about the physical. No, friend, we have power. We have a person for whom we go. We have a power in which we go. We go in the power of the Savior, the Spirit, the Scriptures. Number three, the people to whom we go. The people to whom we go. We're to go to every creature. We're to go to every corner. All nations. You say, Pastor, I can't do that. Right, that's why we support missionaries. Many of you will never go You'll never go to Rwanda. Some of you might, but many of you never will. But we support a missionary who does. The people to whom we go. He said in Matthew 28, Go ye therefore and teach what? All nations. The people to whom we go. Number four, the presence with which we go. Turn back to Matthew 28 if you would. The person for whom we go. It's Jesus Christ. And by the way, that, that's, that's who we go for every day. That's why we try to teach our teenagers, look, this is, this is how you're supposed to live. Why? Because they're going to go in front of some fellow students this week. And those fellow students need to see young people who are different than they are. Not in a proud way, not in a pious way. But young people who are different than they are, but still love them and care about them and treat them the same even though they're different than them. 
because everything we do is about Jesus Christ. That's the person for whom we go. When you go to work tomorrow, you're going to do all to the glory of God. Why? Because you want somebody to see Jesus Christ. When you go to the doctor's office this week, you're going to treat the receptionist with, 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 with Christ-like kindness. Why? Because you want that receptionist to see Christ. Because it's all about Jesus Christ. Everything I do in my family, everything we do in our church, it's all about Jesus Christ. We have an activity with the teens. It's all about Jesus Christ. Now the whole activity, may not, we, we, we may not talk about Christ, the whole activity, and we won't. The whole purpose of it is to train young people to love Christ and train young people to serve Christ and train young people to be good husbands and good wives so they can teach their children to love Christ. Pastor, what's your mission statement? It's easy. It's Matthew 28, 18 through 20. I don't have to come up with some great wordy mission statement. It, God did very well giving us the mission statement. He did very, very well. He does, by the way, the Bible says He does all things well. There's a mandate that must be obeyed. The person, Jesus Christ, the power, the power of the Savior, the Spirit, and the Scriptures, the people to whom we go, every creature, every corner... Because the truth is you'll get to meet people. You'll get to meet people that the missionaries next week, they'll never get to meet. And they're going to meet people that you'll never get to meet. And that's why we're all responsible. And then number four, the presence with which we go. In verse number 20, he says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. By the way, there's another all right there. Always even unto the end of the world. Amen. The presence with which we go. We don't go by ourselves. We go in His presence, with His presence, with His power. And then let me give you number five, the purpose. The purpose for which we go. And I, I'm just going to give you these. We'll, we'll expound a little bit more probably Wednesday night in Acts chapter number 13. But the purpose for which we go. Three things. Whether it's here or whether it's there. We go to preach Christ. We go to produce converts. And we go to plant churches. That's true here and that's true in Africa. That's true in West Tennessee. That's true in California. That's true in West Tennessee. That's true in Ireland. That's true in West Tennessee. That's true in Scotland. Why do we go? We go to preach Christ. We go to produce converts. And we go to plant churches. Now understand there's a lot that's wrapped up in those three statements. But we go to preach Christ. We go to produce converts. By the way, in Matthew 28 when we produce converts, what do we do? They get baptized. They are added to the church. Acts chapter number 5 tells us. And they are taught all things in Acts 28 verse number 20. They're saved, they're baptized, they're added to the church. Acts 5 speaks about, Acts 2 speaks about, excuse me. And then they're taught all things. All power, 
all nations, all things. All power, all nations, all things. All power, all nations, all things. And this all things is vital because if we leave out the all things, then you're not going to have people coming behind because you're not teaching all things. Yeah, they may get saved, but you're not teaching them how to live. And so they're not going to be able to teach their kids how to live and their grandkids aren't going to know how to live. And I'll say this and we'll be done. You know that Uganda right now is one of the most conservative nations in all the world? Way more conservative than the United States of America. Do you know why I believe that is so? Huh? Because of missionaries. And we get to meet one, well, some, most of you already know, but you get to see him next week. He was the first independent Baptist missionary in Uganda. The, the cruel dictator who committed genocide upon his people, this missionary that's going to be here next week, got to lead his grandson to the Lord. It makes a difference. And you know, he didn't just go there and get people saved. He went there and he stayed and he saw them baptized. He saw churches planted. He saw people taught. He started a Bible institute. And now those men are going to other little areas in Uganda. And some of them are going to Rwanda now and are pastoring those churches now. Because there was a man who said, you know what? God's given me all power. We're to go to all nations and we're to teach them all things. And that's what we're going to do. And he went and did it. And other missionaries came and helped him. And now that country is totally different. It's totally different. Because it matters. Because there's a mandate that must be obeyed. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. There's a mandate that must be obeyed. Go. But tonight we'll see number two. There's money that must be offered. If these men and women are going to go, you know what? Churches are supposed to partner. We'll see, that. We'll see tonight. And then thirdly, there are men who must be ordained. Parents that still have kids at home, do you ever pray that God will call your child to be a missionary? That scares me. You shouldn't. He's given us all power. Our daughter right now has a young man interested in her, and I don't know where it's going to go. And If it was up to my boys... Uh, it wouldn't go anywhere, but uh, the Instapot's already in the mail, right? But he's already graduated with an engineering degree. And he's there at Ambassador getting his master's in ministry. He grew up on the mission field. He grew up in Tanzania, Africa. And he wants to use that engineering degree.
to go to a closed country. And he's interested in my daughter. Okay, daddy needs to be okay with that. Mom and daddy both need to be okay with that. Because if that's what God chooses, He's given them all power. And they're obeying the mandate that God has given all of us. We have a person for whom we go, and we don't go by ourselves. We go with His power, and we go with His presence. And we go to people. That's why we go, because someone came to us. And we go with a purpose. To preach Christ, to produce converts. By the way, Christ produces the converts. When we preach Christ, that produces the converts. And then once the converts are produced, then we plant churches. That's the purpose. Let me ask this this morning. Are we obeying the mandate? In our homes, in our places of business, in the, in the public square, when we go to Walmart, when we go to the grocery store, are we obeying the mandate? God, help us to do so. Father, we love you today. Father, help us. Father, if we're not obeying the mandate, may you help us to do so. Whether it's in our homes, whether it's at work, whether it's in the place where, places where we shop, the places where we do business, Father, help us to obey the mandate. Father, I'm thankful for a church who has a heart for the Great Commission who has a heart for missionaries, who give. Lord, your people here give, and you know that. Father, help us to continue to give of ourselves right here in our area, in our mission field in West Tennessee. Father, help us today. Lord, I pray that you work in our hearts. And we'll thank you for what you'll do. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.